All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. I am so glad to be back, first of all. 
But second of all, we are presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. And we got a little sale going on at Zephyr Epic Quads. Have you heard about this? Friday, August 13th, just around the corner, we'll be in here recording while Zephyr's online selling deals to folks. The summer splash sale will include all the brand categories they have in store, sports as well. And they've decided the percentage for each category will be 20, 30, 40% off. Wow. Some real big summer splash deals uh, over at Zephyr Epic. And we're also delivered by the great folks over at DoorDash. Use promo code, and I'm going to get this right, ConvoDD. Yes. That's ConvoDD, capital C, capital DD, ConvoDD. I'll get you 25% off your first order with free delivery. I think I nailed Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You did. You did great. I just, the problem with the ad reads is like, I'd rather just talk about them because I use DoorDash. And you know what? DoorDash is my favorite delivery, of course. I told you it's Popeyes. It's on there. But I got myself uh, a couple little cards uh, as well in the mail coming here soon. Cards? Oh. What, what rookie card do you think I uh, you didn't, started? You didn't double down on all the Olevy. No, did I didn't. You? Oh, okay. Actually, maybe I should. But no, Come I on, uh, really? I went with um, the new one that we talked about last week from the extended um, series. I got myself some Jack Rathbone rookie cards coming here soon. Really? Jack Rathbone, baby. I got the rookie cards. I, I, told, I said this on the show last week when I was here, and we'll get to last show in a minute here. Yeah. Because I'm in a good mood right now, but I'm about <laughs> to be in a bad mood. But... We talked about uh, the only thing that's a letdown is it's just this, it's just like the headshot of him in the jersey, mm. which uh, I feel like that's a that is that is a tough a, look for your lame. rookie card that like everyone's going to be after. Yeah. And it's just you and your sh- like they had enough time to get a picture of him, did they? Do you know that? Well, the they extended it like uh, series wasn't even released that. Yeah, when long did it ago. release? Maybe a month or two ago. Huh. So they, they did time. have time. They did have time. I, a little bit of a letdown for me. What? Okay, so what would your ideal Jack Rathbone? rookie card B. Like what freeze frame are you getting? I ooh, I guess you're so. designing the card. Upper deck tells Maybe you Maybe the like, little jump from the line. I was going nice to say that. Be yeah, like I was going to say feet that. off the ice yeah, or jumping over. Little curveball. I don't think the young guns actually there's a few young guns that are horizontal. Mm-hmm. But yep. maybe maybe you get one of him laying down on the ice trying to break up McDavid and Dryside. I was going to say you get a two like if they were able to get like a picture with from the back, like seeing Drysaddle's back and McDavid's back and Jack Rathbone defending, that would be a good uh, good shot. But the problem with that shot would be that the goalie would also be in the shot. Mm. And speaking of goalies, we got to talk about what the hell happened okay. on Friday's okay. recording that came out on Saturday. That was an embarrassment to not only the show, but to hockey podcasts You in give me three days' notice that you're leaving. Like That's you, plenty you of time. Casually drop, hey, by the way, you need a co-host for Friday. Plenty I'm of time. Scrambling. Uh, PJ couldn't do it. JD Burke couldn't do it. And Woodley's listening to this, realizing he's the third choice. <laughs> but you told me not to get Woodley. There's like, a couple you, more names, I think, before Woodley. No, there too. wasn't. There wasn't. But you told me. You said, don't get Woodley. Don't, don't, have, a, don't have a bunch of goalie talks. And I was like, okay, like that's fine. So... Eventually, it had to be Woodley. Uh, so the I, name of the freaking podcast <laughs> was N. Brad Shaw Talk, which was talked about for about 15 seconds of It the was show. longer than that. Maybe We talked about 20. team defense. That's Brad Shaw, by the way. Which somehow evolved right back into the goalies. Again. We are going to we're gonna hopefully talk a little bit more Brad Shaw on this week's episode, mm-hmm. hinting at something. Maybe uh, maybe in a future week, we'll uh, have some more things to talk I about. I think there'll be a lot of Brad Shaw talk coming up soon i hope so i i, I think you might be right but but back to back to this okay yeah, back to this, the goalie I'm, I'm coming back from whistler had a few drinks the night before yeah and i just want an easy listen as i'm driving back 
girlfriends just, you know, relaxing, kind of sleeping on the way back. Yep. So I put on the podcast. I didn't make it through four minutes. Oh, get out of I here. I didn't make it through four minutes, and I said I can't listen to this with her in the car because I'm so mad. I had to listen to the podcast driving home by myself after I left wow. her place. Okay, you, you, was, you act like it was a horrible episode, but there were so many people that reached out and were like, hey, don't let Faber bully you. This is this was a good episode. Yeah, it's oh, how many people? Name them on. You could count them six, on two fingers six probably. people. Yeah, they all probably listen to In Gold Magazine podcast too. <laughs> I Look, just, man, I had more people reach out saying they liked the episode than I did that they didn't. So well, well, I, guess I, people I had the vice versa. I probably have everybody else blocked. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a few people. Uh, I had quite a few more people on my side, I felt like, in the ah, replies. Whatever. But look, man, don't leave, here, me, don't leave me alone on three days notice and this wouldn't happen. That was a problem. I left and you didn't even know who your host was the day before. Yeah, because you gave me three days notice. That's lots of time. I would have found is, I would have found a host. I, I give you like a month's notice. And it, the funny thing show. was we talked about this actually when we left. We're like, damn, why would we have harm on the midweek show when he should have just <laughs> filled know. in for Friday? I know. Like, we can't ask him to do like two shows. Yeah, a week exactly. Start, yeah. have to start paying the dude. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah, that was a tough listen for me. Yeah. You know, like, maybe other people enjoyed it a little bit, but I can't do goalies for that long. That's fair. This is why I don't come but, to the Kevin Woodley interviews. Yeah, but I didn't think we... We, we didn't go on that long. Like, we, we did go a little bit oh about Halak, a little longer than you should have. barely talked about the... So you have the goalie guy in. You have we Kevin talked Woodley forward in. lines. We talked no, defense. You we have... Were, you got Kevin Woodley in here, the best guy to talk goalies about. You spent five minutes talking about the starting goalie is going to play 75% of the games. You talked the whole time about a no-move clause, which actually was news to me. About the no, That <laughs> was the only thing I got. But I could have got that from the freaking title of yeah. the episode. You guys spent so long talking about Yaroslav Halak and all this thing. And then you kept asking questions like, well, how does Mikey DiPietro get in? And then Woodley's like, he can't, Dave. He's got a no-move clause. <laughs> You're like, well, there's a situation where he gets in yeah, here. We and then like Woodley's talked like, about it. He's like, what are they going to do? Dave hold three goalies on the roster? And you're like, good point. Good point. I'm like, what the hell? You guys spent. And then every single other like topic that you brought up somehow got back to. Halak. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, how is this all Woodley coming and back? I, talked about that. I like, I went off and then we were like talking. It was like, I was like, you think that like they, they might trade him?" And he's like, yeah, but if they're winning down the stretch and in a position, like they're not going to want to trade him. And I don't know. Basically, we talked more off air about Halak than we actually did on wow, air, which that is, is hard to shocking. Believe. Yeah, but and then there was a certain point where somehow you guys are talking about who's going to be USA's freaking goalie at the Olympics. Who do you think you're on the is? goddamn Canucks <laughs> conversation talking about USA's goaltending? Well, it might be the group. Canucks starter, Chris. Yeah, well then talk about him. You didn't talk about Demko at all. Because I, I did enjoy the Mikey talk a little bit. There's some, you know, because you just spoke with Mikey yeah. and you had the story and all that. Let's move great. away from the goalie talk. Well, you want to talk about your goalie article? It was, it was, it was an article. You can go read it. CanucksArmy.com. Talk oh, to Mikey. He's I have, a confident in the end, kid. I appreciate Woodley filling in, but that'll be the last time Kevin Woodley fills in as a co-host. I'll wow. be saying that. I'm putting my foot. Wow. I don't put my foot down a lot on this podcast, but I'm putting my foot down right now. Wow. Yeah. Very bold. Very bold choice. So... We'll figure out another co-host for next time <laughs> on the show. And guess what? We're I mean, not going to talk it'll... any goalies. We're going to spend this whole episode talking about prospect squads. Nice. I'm sure well, people no, will love that. People, you know what? Someone messaged me. No, don't. Someone messaged me and said, 
Hey, you should give more uh, goalie prospect updates. Faber's prospect updates are never actually anything important. I was like, wow. wow. And then I was like, if you don't think those are important, wait till you hear what the goalies are up to. Yeah. Like someone asked about Matthew Thiessen. And it's like, I haven't heard Matthew Thiessen's name once in any conversations I've had with anybody. So I don't think Matthew Thiessen's a part of the organization anymore. Well, he's unsigned. They you still guys talked rights. about the freaking backup goalie in the AHL for like, I know. For like 10 minutes. We didn't even bring up Spencer Martin. Yeah, you did. Did we? Yeah, yeah, you did. You went through the whole organization oh, of goals. The whole depth chart, just looking There was at a Jake Kylie shout out at one point in the episode. <laughs> He's not even going to be with the team. Oh, man. Jake Kylie's a nice guy, though. He is a nice Good guy. Good dude. All right. Let's, let's break down the, his stance. No, let's get... <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part was you guys breaking down goalie stances. Uh, anyways, can we... We're moving on from this. I got my takeout. I'm in a great mood. I'm in an excellent mood. I was telling you before this, we just recorded a long Patreon episode. I'm in the mood to talk. It's been uh, just uh, taking a, a show off was so nice. Just taking a show off was really nice. You'll have to do it one day here soon, um, especially after that performance last week. You kind of earned one there. But uh, we we got to get into some of the recent news, I guess, right off the top. One of my favorite things to talk about, I guess the most recent news we have is Ole Levy signing the one-year deal. Yeah. Um, comes in at $750,000. That's you know a league minimum for a one-year deal. And... I like the deal in the end. I mean, it's absolutely it's a good spot for the Canucks to be able with the cap. The fact that he's making less than guys like Rathbone, less than guys like Hunt is where I kind of want to start because the way that I'm starting to see things leaning, it's like, I know Jack, I've, to me, and we've been talking about this for a long time, and you're one of the biggest Jack Rathbone supporters, but do you not get the feeling that Jack Rathbone's going to be the odd, like he's going to be the ninth defenseman looking in, even though he might not be the ninth most skilled defenseman? Yeah. I feel like his situation, and if Brad Hunt is not that much worse, or even like better than than Rathbone is at this camp, like Rathbone, we we were penciling him him in, and you were putting him in pen for the roster yeah. for, for the starting six. I mean, I was penciling him there too at the at the left D for number three on the pairing, but I I wonder if he's going to be the guy that gets sent down because there's no waivers for Jack Rathbone. Like it, I think they're getting towards that direction a little bit, and. It might not be the worst thing because he's going to get a ton of time in the AHL. Number one guy, number one power play. And he's just down the road. He can get called up if they need him. Any minute, and they can send him right back down. And, yeah. up and, and every, like it'll be easy for Jack Rathman to be jumping up and down and playing a lot of games, which is good for a guy who needs to develop a little bit. But you look at what he did in the AHL last year, he doesn't need AHL no. tuning, right? Like he, he looks like he's ready for the NHL. So I'm wondering, are you still... You know, putting him in with black permanent marker for day one being the third defenseman on the left side? I'm not. And I kind of want to bring it up to you of why that's not the case anymore. And I was just thinking about this a little bit, not on air or anything or in an article. I was just thinking about it. You know how we talk, we've talked a lot about stylistic play of all of these guys on these pairings and how there's a primary puck mover and how we kind of look at Tyler Myers as being the odd man out, not being the guy that moves the puck or he wants to be the guy that moves the puck and he can't be that if he's on a pairing with Rathbone. He just can't. And I looked at it and thought to myself, okay, well, like, who is? Who can you put on the left side to play with Myers? Because Myers isn't coming out of the lineup. Oh, you're coming around. Think about it. Myers isn't coming out of the lineup. Nope. Myers isn't going down to the A. So Rathbone, again, you've got this guy who... And if you think I'm about to suggest Olio Levy, That's you're right, out to you're lunch. Olio oh, Levy's not a... Okay, Olio Levy's not the defensive defenseman that can hold down a pairing. Like, Tyler Myers was having to cover you know for Olio Levy. for him? He's a, he doesn't have to be the primary puck mover. Like, and you're talking about stylistic fits all the time here. 
It's exactly what you're talking about. Olya Levy doesn't need to be the primary puck mover. Yeah, but he can't be the main defender on that pair either. Like he if can't that be pairing the is defenseman. playing similar minutes and similar matchups to what they did last year. And that's how you're using your Levy. If your Levy's getting 13 minutes a night, he's going to have to kill penalties. Like yeah, that's but, what he's going to have to do moving it, forward. But, I get it, but now they have they have guys so that that doesn't have to happen, right? right. They have former Burnaby former Burnaby Express defenseman, damn Brad Hunt. Did you know that that he played no. for the Express? I didn't Did you either. Know that? I just pulled up his hockey. You didn't see page. him playing in the. When was he playing in? The wow, place? this was right around the time. So when I was in elementary school, you were probably going to some of these games. Yeah, the yeah. Burnaby Express used to like come and play uh, play like. Hockey with us in our school gymnasium. I bet. I bet I've met Brad Hunt. He's thirty-two, so he played from two thousand six to two thousand nine. That would put him. I think hmm. I should have kept his hockey DB page open, but I think it was around that time. So yeah, those are those are my prime elementary school years of floor hockey playing days. I loved when they came. You know what oh, I did one the time? Best. The BCHL Nanaimo Clippers came to our elementary school. I dangled a clipper so hard in floor hockey one time. I was going around with the puck. I had the ball on my right. I'm a left-handed guy, so I yeah. have it on my right hand, just the ball, one hand on the stick, and I was going up to this guy to go, like, make a move on him, and, you know, they go pretty easy on you, so it's not like, like they could, you know, really defend me or, like, hit me. I was going around him, and he was just standing there. I put the ball around his body with my right arm, and then I grabbed the stick from the other side of his body, took that, and went in, and people went nuts. Wow. It was, like, the sickest little dangle. I, like, handed the stick to myself around the player, and dangled them that way. Were you? How old were you at this time? Probably this must have been grade six or seven. I was so you were as tall as the player. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. You know, what? I brought this up the other day. I was looking at my baseball roster for some reason when I was thirteen years old because I remember playing. It was Nick Pavetta was pitching for the Red Sox, <laughs> and I remember playing against him. So I was seeing if our stats were still there. Their stats weren't there, but the roster still was. Everyone on my team is like five three, one fifteen, five four, one thirty five. And then it's me. I'm the only one who's six foot. I'm six foot, 195 pounds. And I was like 12 years old. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh. God. It was like, it was, uh, yeah. You, as somebody who was on the other side of that, you were the guy that me and my teammates would always point at and be like, whoa, how old is that kid? Like, yeah, the, pretty much. how is that kid here? This guy just came from wrestling bears and now he's here to hit bombs off us. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was that was true. I, I just it popped off the roster when I found the roster, and then I looked and they had stats. Nick Pavetta's team that year beat us twenty eight to three in one game. Oh my in a gosh. six inning game, they beat us twenty eight to three. Oh my goodness, it was bad. Okay, let's get back to uh, to Brad Hunt a little bit. Oh yeah, because is that, still Brad Hunt's not like a big big defenseman who's like defensive mostly. Like no, he's more of an but he's more of an NHL defenseman than Yolevi is. And probably more of an NHL, maybe, like that's the, the big Exactly, I'm not that. even going to disagree with you that, because like, I know you're about to say Rathbone, yeah. I'm not even going to disagree with you because yeah, he, he is. is. Right? Like yeah. he, he has more NHL experience. I think if you're Travis Green, you're trusting Brad Hunt more than you're trusting Yolevi or Rathbone on a third pairing and you're not sending down Yolevi because they're worried about losing the waivers. That's the battle at camp. It's Yolevi's not even in the equation for yeah. the battle. Unless he comes in and has a really good camp, which if he, he can might pivot. And if he you know what, they're gonna give him a shot with Myers at a certain point during camp. Yeah. But that's not like the battle that we will be keying in on. The the battle that we're keying in on is Hunt versus Rathbone. Because whichever one doesn't win the spot is getting sent down. Because I don't think the Canucks are you know, screaming if they lose Brad Hunt. They would, I mean, they might lose him in waivers, but if it's at that time, that date where everybody dumps their guys down to waivers, I don't know if Brad Hunt's popping up the list to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think he might. Like, I think there's a chance he gets picked up by another team because 
NHL experience. Yep. The guy's played in the NHL for the last handful of years. He might get picked up, but like, and I'll like take this to well, another degree. Who gets? Who do you think gets picked up? Like, who's more likely to get picked up, Yolevi or Hunt? If because you're gonna have to send. Is, I was gonna say is remember that when you when you pick someone up, you got to put them in your lineup. Like they right. can't just you can't just pick them up and not play them. Like they got to play. Is there any team that's chomping at the bit to put your Levy or Hunt in their well, lineup? We, the problem is GMs love high draft picks so much. Well, that, that's what I, makes me think. Like I know that the league's getting smarter. You know, there's a lot more analytics being involved. Yeah, yeah. People know about they're going to know about your Levy's injury history. It's not the same as it was 10, 15 years ago, but. Still, if you're drafted that high, I feel like somebody's going to take a shot on Yolevi. That, that's what I was going to say is I think Yolevi's probably more likely. And even with that contract, like that's that's a pretty nice contract to be Eight adding minimum, to your cap. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Um, so I would say, yeah, like I think it's Yolevi. I think Yolevi's more likely to get selected. But I think so too. The other thing I wanted to mention, Chris, because you said, you know, he's going to get a look with Myers at some point during camp. I think that's true. But remember... This training camp is only three days long. Like, I know you and I... But seven preseason games. Yes, exactly. Big there, difference from last year, yeah, right? Yeah, there is, there is some time there, but that's what's been so crazy. Like, the past two training camps that you and I have covered, they've been, like, two weeks long, and, and these guys don't get into sent the, down. Straight into the season yeah. or straight into playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And it's very different now to actually have preseason games because you learn a lot more about what your players can do in the preseason, like, way more in a preseason. Because what were they going off before? Scrimmages against each yeah, other? Exactly. where. You were Zach McEwen looked like a first line player. Yeah. I mean, now you're actually going to get preseason games that matter and matter for a lot of these guys. Like we're not going to know much from, tra- we're not going to know the same amount at training camp that we have in the past couple of years. Yeah. Absolutely. Or at least like year and a half, like with the bubble training yeah. camp and this past, I one. think the preseason games are going to be really good for them. I just don't know. Like, is it going to be you Levy and Myers? Is that your third pairing? Like, do you, cause the, those guys weren't great together. Do you explore your Levy with they a guy- good together and very, Limited yeah, time. They had a positive goal share. I, I know. I know the limited analytics shows that they were they were good, but I don't know. I they, test. The thing is, I test was just the otherwise. only thing I would argue against it from like a lot of the analytics point is like yes, they had weak matchups. They didn't play against top six guys. They rarely yeah. played against top six guys, but they very rarely played with top six forwards. That's well. a good point. They, they were played playing with, with a bad, lot yeah. of fourth line players from the Canucks. They played with a lot of third line, but mostly the fourth line. Like a lot of the time when 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 Myers and Yulevi were on the ice together. It was with the Canucks' fourth line. They were playing with the Coyotes' current second year. line. That's what they're playing with. Yeah. Coyotes' current second line. Yeah, pretty much. Man, I'm so excited to I watch the Coyotes so play the I am so pumped to watch some Coyotes games. I wish, we had a pre- I wish the final preseason game was Canucks-Coyotes. <laughs> It'd sell out. I oh, Honestly, yeah. would you... Especially at Abbotsford. Have you have you seen how much tickets are going for, by the way? Someone told me, because obviously we don't check ticket prices much anymore, but someone told me they're like... Oh, you do? Yeah, I, I've been seeing them on the uh, the Facebook group. That's, ah, that's the okay. best way for it. Yeah, okay. So someone was like, "Yeah, it's like three hundred bucks for like a lower bowl seat." Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe that's just on like Ticketmaster. I, don't I know. saw somebody was. I just saw this like this morning. It was like the first post that came up when I opened Facebook, and it was like uh, some guy was selling a ticket to a preseason game for like sixty bucks second row. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like sixty bucks per ticket second row, but preseason, so a lot different yeah. than regular season is going to be. You know, to people to get back in that building for like the first regular season game at home, it's going to be huge. So, I mean, the thing that's going to be interesting to see with this team obviously starts with what they're going to be able to do with the defenseman out of camp. And I think the toughest part is, is going to be the battle between watching Yolevi go against a Brad Hunt because that's 
that's it's a weird battle because we talked about it that the the stylistic fit between Tyler Myers and Yalevi does sort of make sense. I know you don't like to hear this at all because you know Brad Hunt probably is the better NHL player on day one, but also the the case that I have to make about Ole Yalevi is that. I, I still feel like there's time for Yulevi to develop. Like I think he's 22, 23 years old, and this is this past year was the first time where we saw Yulevi actually healthy. So if he's had a good offseason work, he comes back in healthy. I I'm expecting to see a better Yulevi at this camp than we've seen in the past. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think everybody wants to see Yulevi develop. Like I feel so bad for him. Just it seems like the injuries is the thing that really has held him back. And I might want to remind you here, remember that camp right before the bubble when he had some time off? It was just, you know, it was COVID. Nobody could really go out. He was just able to get healthy, work out. He was doing well. Comes into training camp, had a really good camp. Like he caught the attention of everybody. I wrote about it. I was stoked to write about that. I was stoked for that. Made his debut in the bubble. Played okay. Played like six shifts. Then it was just this season when he was, you know, given a bit more time and was asked to be a bit more of a regular. It just, I just didn't see it from him. And I wonder if we see another, you know, re and you know, he, he had COVID too. Right. And that hit him hard. And when he came back, he was, you know, he was definitely worse after he had COVID, which I don't think should be a surprise to many, but I think you realistically, we have a chance of seeing a reinvigorated Yolevi similar to how we did going into the Edmonton bubble at this training camp. Yeah, because obviously a lot of time off before they came back, you know, and, and played last year's bubble and stuff. It was nice for him to get that extra time off because I think he was, he still had an injury that AHL season. Yeah. Like, and then he had it going into the bubbles. But then this year he gets a little bit of extended break, comes into the season, but still just a different off season. This is going to be a regular off season where he's fully healthy. Yeah. And I still think last year was a big step for Yulevi. Like being healthy the whole season and playing NHL games how many people wrote off your levy saying you would never play any NHL games? Yeah, exactly. Right? I saw the poll question for Halford and Bruff today. Will he play more than 40 games this year? Will he play over 40 or under 40? It's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to what he does in camp. Mm-hmm. Like I'd still probably lean towards under just because of the other left shot defenseman. And, and you want to get Jack Rathbone in if he earns the spot. And I think he will, whatever he does at camp or at the AHL level, you have to get him NHL games. I think at some point. I also wanted to mention, and this was a point I kind of alluded to earlier, but Travis Green, I think he was talking to Drance, don't quote me on that. He did say that they want to make the decisions a little sooner at camp so that their team can gel together more. Listen, not having any preseason games really hurt this team last year. You don't have to look you don't have to look hard to see that, right? Like Right away, right from the get-go, couldn't get their feet under them, and it really came back to bite them in the standings. Like when your top line isn't performing because they're not meshing well together. And, you know, like Brandon Sutter was scoring goals at the start of the year. It was the bottom six that was performing well, and people were starting to ask questions about the core and the top six. And now, like, not to sound overly positive here, but I've talked time and time again about these matchups with Horvat and how he's going to benefit from having more of an offensive role. I don't anticipate the top six not being not getting going to start the year is going to be much of an issue. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, with that in mind, I also think that because they're having these preseason games and because Travis wants to get his lineup, you know, like they have seven preseason games. 
I would anticipate by the third or second to last game that we're seeing the version of the Canucks that we're going to see on opening night. Yeah, I bet that we see in those first like three or maybe four games, I bet you see each of, you know, Hunt, yep. Yolevi, and Rathbone play with Myers. Yep. Or maybe Pullman, right? Because I'd still like, I'm still not, I don't know, like a lot of people have been talking about, and Durant's is obviously talking to Travis Green, probably gets a sense that Pullman's going to be the guy for OEL. to play with OEL. I'm still not 100% sure that that's what I still, th- I still think that there's a chance Myers plays with OEL. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that because, you know, it's a scary defensive pairing, but we'll have to see uh, in the end. We spent a lot of time on the defense here. Uh, on the other side, we got our poll question, which for once is tweeted out before the show. You had a little bit yeah. of time today. Waiting for my food from DoorDash. Waiting for your food, waiting for me to come uh, drive back from the ferry there. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, we got a poll question to actually get into on the other side. So we'll start with the poll question on the other side. Uh, then I talked to a lot of uh a lot of prospects. What's the word? A need? I don't even know the word. Oh, you threw me off now. I think it's, yeah, a need. I think it is. Yeah. I talked to nine prospects uh, and actually got a couple more today as well. So, uh, well, we'll get into that on the other side. Um, we'll get the poll question started. Then we'll get to some prospects on the other side. And I can guarantee there will be zero, well, maybe one goalie talk. Maybe one minute of goalie talk on the other side because you have a little update on one of the prospects. But uh, you guys stay along for the ride. We're going to throw to a quick ad break here, and we'll get to prospects and the poll question on the other side. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 4-9 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine, cheeseburger. Well, I ate it all. Waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings. Yeah, the spicy chicken burger. That's my go-to. But what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. Squish Beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer, absolutely crushable, the right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer, Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too, I can drink more than one of those, they're crushable. Which is good, so when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one, More than unlike one. last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try Squish. You can find their original flavors of hard seltzer at BC Liquor Stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades. My favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. You know, on my uh, little Whistler vacation there, I had uh, I didn't have Squish, but I did have some Parallel 49 beer. 
What kind? I had uh, had Trash Panda, and I had some Peach Bot. Very nice. Trash Panda I t- doesn't have like doesn't say that it's like a fruity beer, but it's got it's just got a nice little hint of fruit. A little fruity after Trash Panda, yeah, and that's that's one of the OG beers. I'm pretty sure from Parallel Forty Nine. That was an office reference. I don't know. Maybe someone didn't catch that and thinks I just really don't know that much about beer that I would call it a oaky afterbirth. I think that was the line from The Office. Great <laughs> yeah, show. That's a good, good IPA. Um, all right, let's get into the poll question. Poll question. Your business, your poll question. Which young Canucks player will have the most successful season in 2021-22? Vasily Pod Colson, Niels Huglander, Jack Rathbone, or I'm Angry? That was a pretty good poll question. Who wrote it? You did. I, right. I even had a poll question written out, too. Did you? Yeah, it was all prospects because I didn't want to do any goalies. I was just going to do prospects. I said this on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. 5 and $10 tier gets you all the bonus content. We recorded one right before we started. I said this on the Patreon, but I was going to do a question, a poll question, that said, when did you start listening to the show? Because we've had a lot of new listeners, welcome, uh, over the past little bit in the off-season here. So the options were episode six with Botch, because I know that was when you got your first kind of like spike in listeners. Those first thousand listeners. Yes, exactly. Um, this off-season, uh, and then I was going to say like the bu- pre-bubble or during the season. I think those were the four options. And then I would have had to fit I'm angry in somehow. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Shoot us a message on Twitter. Just reply to the episode, tweet. Let us know when you started listening to the show. Because I'm interested to find out. Because we have a ton of new listeners right now. It's great. Yeah, the biggest jumps we ever had on the show were uh, when we did the, the week after Botch passed. The episode that we did then, mm. where I had nine people on tell stories about Jason. That was That's still by far the most listened to episode mm. we've ever done uh, on this show. Nothing's even really come close to that. That was, that was the best podcast I've ever put together. Uh, so, I listened to that. I was still just a fan at that point. Right, it yeah. was great. Yeah, no, you're still a part-time. You're my Sven Berchi back then. Yes, uh, I was your call-up. But actually, you did get called up, so That's <laughs> you, right. maybe you weren't Sven Berchi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that one, and then some of the mega episodes. The mega episodes used to do really good, too. Mm-hmm. We do like nine or eight uh, guests just on the show, episode 25, episode 50, ones like that. Um, but this poll question, where are you going with? Which young player will have the most successful season in 2021-22? Somebody replied... And said Elias Pettersson, and then in brackets said him and Rathbone are the same age. Which, that was that was a bit of a mind frick, yeah. as our friend Caleb would say. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, I have to give credit. Okay, it was Ken Henderson. I, I went to the poll question to find out who it was. Long time listener. Ken's been listening for a long time. Exactly. Ken's been listening before the Quadrelli era. Yes. Yeah. I, I, hate to, uh, I hate to just say, oh, this guy on Twitter without <laughs> finding out who it was. So yeah, Ken Especially Henderson. Especially a long time listener. Like exactly. Long time supporter. Was it Krusty 027? Is that Something like that. I put my phone away when you said I that. got it I did yeah, nice. the nailed, nailed, it. It. nailed it yes to answer the question though I think it could be Niels Hoaglander I also think there's a serious chance that Vasily Pod Coldson takes that Jack Rathbone is probably the guy I'd rank third out of those three guys yeah. in terms of having a successful year look I think Vasily Pod Coldson is going to be put in a position to succeed I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen Travis do with other young players where you know much like Hoaglander much like Pedersen, he's just going to be put in a position right away. Someone added me on Twitter and mentioned this, and I don't have their username, so sorry to that person, but they said, does Travis sit Pod Colson for the first two games, similar to how he did Brock Besser? No, there's no chance he does that to Pod Colson. You know how many times Pod Colson has been sad already as a pro? He doesn't yeah, need that anymore. <laughs> he's already had that in the KHL. And I think the reason that that would happen, and you know, let, let's go back, Besser was taken out, so Canuck legend Derek Dorsett 
who actually is like was one of my favorite players. Uh, so Dorset could get in, and the Canucks mm. won both of those games. And people were like, "Oh, Travis Green's a genius!" Yeah. Uh, and you know that's obviously because Besser wasn't trusted defensively. I don't anticipate that's going to be the case with Pod Colson. No, not at all. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. When you say that Vasily Pod Colson has, I'll give my answer in a minute here. But when you say Vasily Pod Colson has a chance to be put into one of those situations, I'm assuming you're topic, talking about being on Horvat's line. Yeah, I think there's a chance he ends up there. Because, like, why Why do you like the fit with Pod Colson there? Just the bigger body, you know, similar kind of play style to Bo Horvat, and that line's going to get. Hopefully easier that matchups than it has feast, in the past. I think. You know what was interesting when I was doing some research the other day on just kind of the second line? I, I actually wrote an, I wrote an article for Canucks Army seeing which player makes the most sense to play with Horvat and Garland. And Horvat didn't have the hardest matchups on the Vancouver Canucks last year. Who did? It was Tanner Pearson who had the hardest matchups last year. He well, spent the most time playing Bo, against right? the top line. Spent a lot of time with Bo for sure. But, but the time that Bo was away from Pearson, mm-hmm. Pearson was actually getting more of the matchups. That's why like, I've thought that if, I think that Pearson still has a chance to be on that second line. Like, I would love to see depends either of it. Pod Coles Depends how they line. use it, man. I think, and that's I think, the question, yeah. Yeah, I think if you're putting him on a third line, which I feel like we talk about this every single week, you put him on a third line, that's kind of what you're going with with Pearson. But... Who is the most used center with defensive matchups? Because I think that answers your question. It's it was Horvat. Horvat, yeah. Okay, yeah. Horvat had the toughest matchups for the centers. Yeah, okay. That makes and sense. It wasn't even close. Like, people were like, oh, Beagle had the matchup. Beagle didn't have that no, hard of matchups no. even last year. A lot of bottom six minutes yeah. against. Um, but it was Pearson that kind of shocked me that that forward was, you know, had the toughest matchup to the Vancouver Canucks last year. So, mm. um, I I think wherever Pearson going to go, where wherever Pearson goes is going to determine which which line is going to be the matchup line because it makes a lot of sense for him to be on either. Yeah, right? like honestly, it does. Like people don't want to hear. Like people want everybody, every sing, like you and I, every Canucks fan. Like, you know, probably like everybody in management, all the scouts, everybody wants it to be Niels Hoglander for Silly Pod Colson playing with Horvat and Garland. That's the most exciting thing. That's the young kids coming in and making an impact. Vasily Podkolzin, like, let's not forget, these two kids are 20 years old. Podkolzin and Huglander are both 20 years old, and they might be playing in, like, either or is what people are excited to have in their top six. But if that Horvat line, I still see there's a real strong chance that Pearson's going to be there. And, like, I don't, I don't want to see it. Canucks fans don't want to see it. But it might be the best way to use Pearson if you want to have the Horvat line still take a lot of tough matchups. And what that does to the line, like people were saying, you know, Jason Dickinson's like an offensive black hole. Like, oh, Dick Dickinson's a defensive guy. He can't do anything offensively. Very similar numbers and same production offensively to Brandon Sutter last year. Obviously, he doesn't have the goals, but the on ice offense, very similar from Dickinson to Sutter. If you surround him with guys like Hugliner and Pod Colson, it only goes up. Yeah. Like, look at the, I don't know, I don't even, I'd have to look this up to see the forwards that Dickinson was playing on, but looking at the role that he had with the Dallas Stars, I don't think it was offensively gifted players like Niels Huglander, who was second in five on five scoring last year for the Vancouver Canucks, and Vasily Pod Colson, who I think a lot of people are underrating what he can do offensively. Like, his ability, the only question that you kind of have, if it is a third line of Dickinson, Huglander, and Pod Colson, is like, who's the finisher on that line? Like, it, it kind of has to be Huglander. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Unless the, you're getting playoff KHL pods who scores a, a yeah. whack load of goals at the biggest moments. Yeah. And, like, it's possible. You know, that it's going to just be interesting to see how that line plays because that's that's the thing that you loved about Huglander so much was people. somebody asked in the mailbag this week, 
Um, do you expect like a, a Huglander sophomore slump? And it's like maybe if he was doing everything, like if Huglander got all his goals by doing the lacrosse yeah. goal or all of his goals from shooting on the right side or something like that, maybe. But Huglander had like the most scattered shot chart on the Vancouver Canucks last year, shot the puck from anywhere on the ice, was a great passer from anywhere on the ice, made exceptional plays like that one that he made the pass, the one-handed dive over to Pearson. This This kid can do a lot of different things so well. And I think that's what you're getting with Pod Colson as well. So to to get back to the poll question now, I I, I think it's going to be Pod Colson, man. I think Pod Colson is going to make a bigger impact than than Niels Huglander. I know that's not the way the poll's going. I think it's like sixty percent right now are saying Niels yeah. Huglander. But I I'm so like I've seen Pod Colson play so much. I've seen like I've seen I watched him at the KHL at the same time for a year and a half. The same the same time that Huglander was playing in the SHL, and Pod Colson just looked so much better. Yeah, like when Paul Colson was on the ice, he made such a big impact, and I think we're going to see that next year. And if you just take it down to like who puts up the most points, it might be Huglander. Like it might be Huglander putting up more points than Pod Colson, but I think on a night in night out basis, the two way impact that Pod Colson is going to have is going to be it's going to blow people away. If he's able to translate to the NHL, which I'm very confident he can do, to see what he did as a teenager in the KHL, so impressive. And not only like some like you see Kucherov in the KHL, and it was like. Man, like this guy can really score. He has a real good potential to score. But I don't think that there was the same people looking at the two way game and being like, oh, this is going to get him in the NHL. His two way game is going to be it. With Pod Colson, that's it. Like the impact as a whole that Pod Colson is going to bring, I think is going to be bigger than Hoglander next year. They're going to have a very deep forward group next year. Like you so look, much more fun, man. I know. I can't wait I to know. watch this team. Like I, I feel like, like I know that we're we don't we're not really fans of the team. Covering the team has really made me not be a fan. But like this is almost getting me back into just like being excited for well, a it's lot like, of things. You, you drive to the rink, and man, this is gonna sound like so so privileged. But we, I was just about to say, like we drive to the rink to go watch like Jimmy VC on the first line. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's not, that's not a lot of fun, on, but like the vibe in the media last year, like the, like we were the only people in the rink watching games. The vibe from up there was horrible last yeah. year, man. Like everybody is just like, Oh, like another day here at the game. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like we were so privileged to be able to go to the, yeah. Like I don't want to make them. it sound like we're complaining. No, but, like, Oh, we had to go to games. I think just even just like see that from the media would be like, you know, the fans would have been dealing with the same thing. Like, yeah. You know, if, if if fans were at the games last year, imagine that final stretch after COVID. Like, what it would have been like the atmosphere in the arena just lacking completely. And, like, it was a weird feeling at times. It really was. Like, there was times where, you know, the Canucks are down, like, 4-1, and it's just like, you know, like, well, I'll start the post game now. I won't even really watch the rest of this game. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people were doing from home, though, too. Like, I'm sure a lot of people tuned out last year. Oh, for like, sure. I know a lot you of people check, tuned out yeah, last Yeah, check year. Twitter for evidence of that, right? Yeah, I mean, there was. I remember the, the final stretch of games, especially like that last game where they were like, playoffs are going on. There wasn't like a tweet in sight about the Canucks game. Yeah. Was it the Flames they were playing in that yeah. final game? They lost a lot of casual fans um, during that. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who, when the Canucks were in the bubble, they started asking me questions about my work and stuff, mm-hmm. and... That all kind of went away this past season. Like yeah. start of the year, they were like, "So what do you think? What do you think?" And like I'm telling them, like, "Yeah, I think they'll." they'll and it's, be pretty it good. feels like it's coming back though. Like that. It that's does. What it is. Like, I, I feel like season, we're getting the casual fans back. Yeah, I think the casual fans will be back. Um, the fact that you can go to Rogers Arena is great yes. for casual fans as well. But the hardcores, the people that are listening, like seriously, like they're listening to a Canucks podcast in what the middle of August. Like these people, yeah, the people that are listening to this show, they care a lot about this team. These aren't the casuals. 
that are listening to this show. No. And I think people that listen to the show are smart enough to understand that like this team has really improved and, and it's going to just be good for, for the whole fan base, not just the hardcores that listen to Canucks podcast, that listen to us and the van cast and you know, the crease cast and all these other great Canucks podcasts that are out there. But like, just the people that, like, you know, your regular uncle who just likes to wear a Canucks jersey and go to a game once or twice a year, or the guy who watches Saturday Night Hockey just to watch the Canucks. Like, these people are going to love how much better this Canucks team is next year, and I feel like this is just the start of hopefully, you know, a team that starts to be competitive for playoffs again for a long time. So um, I think we'll wrap we'll wrap up there. We, we went a little off there, but we didn't. at least we didn't tread into goalie waters. Quick little least. prospect report, and then we'll wrap the show. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of prospects talked over the past couple of days for myself, talked to a lot of them. Um, I think that one of the ones that was kind of interesting was Jack Malone, who we probably haven't talked about in a long time. Uh, sixth round pick of the Canucks in 2019, maybe 18. Um, he had to go back. Uh, Cornell canceled their season last year, so he went back to the USHL, put up close to a point a game, but man, he was so jacked up to get back to NCAA hockey. Like, you could just tell in the way he was saying it that like, you know, the USHL was like not, not a great feeling for him last year. Not a good vibe for him going back to the USHL. He's uh he's jacked up to get back to Cornell. They've had a lot of players graduate or move on from Cornell. So I think Malone's going to get a big spot with him next year. And then as for, you know, a lot of these Swedish guys started, like I was watching Arvid Kosmar play this morning, looked fine in his game. Um, and Lucas Forsell, I like this. He's competing at uh, SHL to make the team. He's with the SHL team right now, practicing with them. But also, we might just end up going back to J20 and kind of bouncing between the two leagues. He got the one game in last year, uh, but that'll be exciting to see what he can do if he can crack the SHL team. Uh, Hugo Gabrielson also practicing with his team. They have games this weekend coming up in uh, Denmark, uh, and they're heading there. He's playing in the Allsvenskan League. So some exciting stuff there. And, and, you know, these guys are starting to crank up, talk to a lot of the other NCAA players, and they're heading back either, you know, this past weekend, a couple went back. Some are heading back next week. Some are heading, uh, like, Aiden McDonough doesn't go until the start of September. So there's a lot of guys kind of in different boats right now for when they're getting back. But it feels like, you know, this is my, you know, this is my time right now because the prospects are about to start playing. Even, like, today was the first time I woke up early to watch a uh, SHL game and see Arvid Kosmar play. So that was good. And uh, some good stuff about Kosmar. Like, you know, exciting to see what he can do this year. He played on a second line today. Uh, in his preseason game, and that's a huge difference from last year where he averaged under 10 minutes a game uh, and only scored one goal in 22 games at the SHL level. And the final guy, Dmitry Zlodiev, we talked about him a lot. I think he's going to blow up on people's maps this year, man. He's going to be at the World Juniors this year with a big role with Russia, potentially making his KHL debut as well. So uh, that's a little bit of the prospects wrap-up and just the one goalie thing, uh, Aku Koskenvo. Yep, is going back to the U20 leagues in Finland because you said he can't go pro because he's going to Harvard Yeah, just NCAA has a lot of different eligibility rules. I remember this was something that happened with Coquitlam Express goaltender Clay Stevenson a few years back, just overage, just different different little things. But the main one for a coup here is that he can't play pro hockey and then go play uh, in the NCAA. So that's what's holding Koskenvo back and playing in the uh, junior leagues. Perfect. We'll wrap up the prospect report there. Not much else to get into. The only thing it's like, you know, and we don't really, we don't really discuss it a lot here on this podcast, but the Pedersen and Hughes deals, like they're always on the back of people's mind. Right. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, it. we're kind of just waiting for it to get done. Right. And I, I wonder, like, I'm not worried. I, I hope that they're working to make a deal happen from what I've heard in the Canucks organization. A lot of guys on days off right now, you know, and, and probably well-earned at this point. I'm sure that Jim Benning's still trying to work out a deal, but I've heard that a lot of guys are on their days off uh, in the Canucks organization, so I wouldn't expect a deal anytime soon, but it wouldn't shock me either to see it happen. Like, I think that these conversations are happening. 
I as long as we're not going into training camp without it, right? I feel like two weeks before training camp, that's like the date when I would start to be like, I don't like the way this, and I don't even want to say worried. I just feel like that's not the way I want the situation to play out. That's not the way anybody wants the situation Especially to play with out. Especially with your two cornerstone guys. Yeah. Like, you don't need any distractions to start this season. Absolutely. Especially with the season you had last year. But you know what? The the president has been set by... Precedent. Precedent. Is that what I said? You said president. President. President has said... <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, Horvat, his deal goes into September. September 7th, I believe, is when he signed his yeah. deal. Brock Besser went into training camp. Yeah, without, missed, uh, without missed the deal. first day, got ragged on a lot by his teammates for missing yes. the first bag skate from I Travis. I think he missed the whole training camp. Yes. I was there in Victoria. Yeah, did he miss the entire... No, I think he was there the last day. He Maybe. got there for like the last day or something. Maybe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I don't matter. remember doing media with him, though. That's what I... Yeah. So maybe he... I don't know. We have to check uh, stat check that. I don't know where he stat check at training camp. Maybe we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure that out. But yeah, you know, he went into training camp without a contract. Well, I think yeah. the thing for me is like the two week before training camp date, I would love to have everything signed, sealed, and delivered totally. by then. You know, that's that's what I want to happen for this team, uh, especially with their two cornerstone players. So I'm we're not like people are probably wondering why we're not talking about it a lot. I think when we start to get closer to that two week prior to training camp, we'll start to ramp it up and you know start to give our thoughts a little bit about maybe why we're worried, why we don't like the why the the deal's not done. But for now. Like a lot of guys are in time off. The agents are taking time off. The players are taking time off. The management's taking time off. I if a deal happens, great, and we'll dive into it. Um, maybe on even on like an emergency episode if both deals get done at the same time. But until then, we're just waiting for the deal to come. I'm not worried. I don't think at all at this point, though. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you there. There's no sense, no sense worrying about it. Go enjoy the sweltering heat. Yeah. Maybe have a squish beverage out in the back porch. Nice go. cold one. Try and find the lemonade, folks. People haven't tried the lemonade. Get out there and try the lemonade. I'm waiting on my Jack Rathbone rookie cards to get here. Excited about that. Um, but we'll wrap things up here uh, on the podcast. It's been it's been good to come in and not talk goalies. Oh, I still have a pain in my heart from listening to that. Look, man, I I agree with you. Like I I didn't want to talk goalies as much as we ended up. It's just what, what you were out of control about? on Friday quads. You were out Whatever. of control. Whatever. I, yeah, I've had my goalie fix. I had no interest in talking about goalies today. To be honest, yeah, with that's you. true. You might be good for. I feel like that was about a month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half. We will not talk about uh, Archer Silos at all for a couple Oh, don't say that name in here. I'm going to start. Yeah, well, we're not doing that. We're not doing that here. All right, so we'll wrap things up there. For my goal, tender, nut friend, and co-host, David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> that was a bad exit. Uh, for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?